0: Amen. Please stand with me this morning as we read the word of God from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 17. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, Are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth? Now as Jonas and Jambras withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. But, there, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving. Thirdly furnished unto all good works. Amen. You can be seated. Let me see this one. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Pastor Ken. This morning, by God's grace, if he should tarry, I want to speak to you the third in our series, our series regarding the signs of the times and the end of the days. And I want to speak to you on the subject of victorious believers in perilous times. Victorious believers. In perilous times. And I'm praying that when we're done with this message today, instead of seeing only uh, a reiteration of how bad the world is, I want you to see it so clearly where we are in God's timetable, the importance of the Word of God not for cliches and hashtags and for how to increase and how to get to the next level and the next dimension, but the importance of the Word of God for doctrine, correction, reproof, rebuke, so that we would uh, walk behind the original Christ, the Christ of the Word of God, and see how steadfast we are and that we would be so clear at where we are that we're not going to be afraid we're going to be confident because God gave us history in advance and told us this is who you are this is where you are and this is when I'm coming so lift up your eyes because your redemption draweth nigh let's pray together this morning father I thank you for the great peace that lives in our heart the prince of peace I thank you that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life and that no man can pluck us from your hand. I thank you, O Lord, that you are with us always, even to the end of the age, and we are, in fact, at the end of the age. I pray today, this morning, Lord, for you to anoint my words. I don't desire at all to impress or to be known or to be recognized, but I want to be effective to where these words would go in in such a degree and to such a depth that people would leave saying, I've never understood it like that before. I see it so clearly. I see God so clearly. And I see my position in Him as clear as well. Anoint me this morning, Lord. I humble myself before you. I take no uh, comfort or I have no confidence In my flesh are the capacity to study, learn, or communicate, but only in your anointing of my words, because the letter killeth, but it's the Spirit that giveth life. And I bless you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. The times of the last days. For God to give us this description by Paul to Timothy... It does not imply that it's the worst of days. What do you mean? Well, the Bible says that the world was so full of wickedness in Noah's day that he destroyed every living thing. But Noah, his children, and two of each species. But it does tell us that these in the last days, and by last in the Greek, this is very profound, it means last. Last means end of the book the last days not the block period where you can say the last days would be uh, from the resurrection of Christ to the second advent that's the last days but this means the very last chapter the last pages of the last days it says that these last days will be universally perilous that mankind, every tribe, nation, dialect, color, male, female, you will see these traits not just manifested, but rampant. These these uh, people, this spirit of this age that manifests itself in this way will be incredibly forceful. It will feel to the believer like the world is just. Pushing in. You turn on your television, and you know, we we do want some form of entertainment, but it just pushes through every channel. The Disney Channel, the commercials, it pushes this anti God agenda, and it manifests itself uh, pushing through. It's consistently relentless, day in and day out, winter, spring, summer, fall, beginning of the year, end of the year. It's progressively spiraling downward. And it's preparing the way for Antichrist, which means in place of. The man of sin will be in the place of Christ. Where the world would not accept a righteous ruler, it would accept one that can appear righteous, but allow mankind to satisfy the lust of its flesh and be its own God. These are the last days. Well, my grandfather said that. Well, he was right, but it's even closer. It's closer. We see it in everything. We see it uh, in our children. We see it uh, in the nations. We, we see even the unbeliever uh, will say, and Jeremiah wrote this, He was me and him were preparing something where he's preparing to give a, a talk and share about the world. And he wrote, he said, he goes, everyone knows that this world is broken. It's not working and it's not just broken, it's spiraling downward. That's the times of these last days. Now, I want to read this, and I asked Ken to read the text, because if I reiterate it in my mind, I feel like I'm saying the same thing over again. But I want you to absorb these words. God said, this is what mankind is going to look like. Lovers of themselves. Self-absorbed. Self-absorbed. Now, don't get mad at me and say, Pastor John said that everyone that's ever took a picture of themselves is they're the sign of the last days. That's not not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just offering this to tell you in an innocent way how this looks, and then it goes all the way into evil. In my generation when I was growing up, if you had took a picture of yourself, it would have been called out. And people would have, uh, adults would have corrected you and said, why are you focusing upon yourself? Now, you can think this is uh, just some soapbox preacher, but I'm telling you, it's an attitude and a spirit of, look at me. We got a boy with a 17 years old driving a $250 car that's got $1,200 worth of neon lights under it. A $2,000 stereo. If he wrecks it, he's going to get 180 $180. Because it's a 66 Buick Electra and the windows are breaking out of it. But he's driving down the street with purple lights and the back windshield coming out, and he thinks his music sounds good, but to us it sounds like a bomb going off over and over and over. And he says, Look at me! Do you see me? Preachers on the platform becoming celebrities. Look at me in sports. You can have your opinion on it. I'm telling you, it is is evident when I was growing up, when a man scored a touchdown, or if a defensive cornerback blocked a pass, he just went back to the huddle. So now you got a guy making $11 million a year, not the high-priced ones, making $11 million a year to make sure another man doesn't catch a football. Think about that. The guy does a little pattern. He runs out. He blocks the ball, knocks it out, and he goes, runs up to the camera. What up? That's your job, man. That's your job. But it's 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 they get in the end zone, and it's who can out. Perform. Now, some of it's fun, but there's a part of it. They run to the camera, and they had to take, make a rule. You couldn't take your helmet off because everybody was taking their helmets off. And it, it's this self. It's a fascination with self which carries over into religion that says, Make this religion about me. Make my relationships about me. Make the caring of my child not about the sanctity of life, but make it about me. Lovers of self. They want to see themselves. They want to be seen. They want to promote themselves. They want to draw attention to themselves instead of living meekly and quietly for the glory of God. It is a spirit that manifests itself in innocent ways and evil ways. Covetous. Never having enough. Boasters. Boasters self-promoting, proud, which means arrogant, blasphemers, insulting God and insulting others, disobedient to parents. Now, I'm just going to touch on this, and my mama's going to get on to me because she said, but when you get done talking, people think I'm horrible, and mama, you is not horrible, but this is truth nonetheless. I need to tell them. <laughs> Let God be true, and every man be a liar. Okay. You be in Kroger today, and a boy, little boy said, "Mama, can I have that?" She said, "No, I hate you." I'm like, I'm like this. I'm like, ooh, you shouldn't say that to your mother. I'm going, or tell them no, and the kid do it, and they said, "Don't tell, don't do it." They do it again. Don't do it. One, there wasn't no one when we was growing up. I'm gonna count to three. There was, there was. There was a recognition that there were those over you, stronger than you, that would discipline you. And so this issue is not just about children being disobedient to parents. It's what, the reason it said that is it starts in children, I'll have nobody over me. And now we've created a culture that a parent can't discipline because you get locked up and or you get uh, defects come to your house and we've raised a generation of children that their boss tells them to do something. They take their apron and they walk away. They quit because they can draw on employment and make the same thing. And there's, there's no... Being obedient is a sign of weakness instead of it being a sign of character that says I voluntarily submit. Because I am a Christian, I know that God is looking. Disobedient to parents. My daddy had a deliverance ministry. (laughs) Think about it. You do that again, it's not going to be good. And I do it. Mama said one time, I was cutting up in church. I I, I can't believe that I would. But I was cutting up in church. And mama was at the piano and she's saying, please stop, stop. And I'm just cutting up, waving at everybody. And when mama got done playing, daddy come off the pulpit and grabbed me by the hand. You ever seen a kid drug when they're backpedaling like this? And she said, he was walking out this way. I'm facing this way. He's got me by one hand and my feet are just bouncing. And screamed, I screamed out of fear. So this is a this is, uh, motion. So there's... I said, for the love of God, people, pray! Pray! I'm about to see Jesus. There was a fear. I'm going somewhere, watch. That brought that obedience in the home. There was a fear in the workplace because if I wasn't obedient... I would not get paid. And there was a fear of God. And now it's, I don't have to do what you say because I have took the place of God in my life. And that is the spirit of Antichrist in the last day. Does that make sense? Disobedient to parents. Man, mean, you used to could beat your neighbor's kids when I was growing up. You'd be on the little dial phone. Your boy was acting up. I whipped him for you. Good. Bring him home. I'll whip him when he gets here. You get two. Neighbors could whip. Strangers in the mall. Do you remember running from your mom in the mall? I just feel the anointing right now. You remember (laughs) running from your mom in the mall and a stranger clothesline you? Do you remember? Like, I got him for you. I got him. I got him. Okay, that's for another sermon. Just. The Bible says unthankful, a sense of entitlement from children, teens, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, who believe that they should have at 18 what their parents had at 50 because they deserve it. There was an ad the other day on XM Radio I heard. It was credit repair specialists. Don't let the credit card companies fool you into paying that which you owe. You deserve to be out of debt. I went Unthankful. A sense of entitlement that what I have is the least of what I ought to have. Unholy, which means wicked and base. Without natural affection. Which primarily refers to within one's own household. But it can extend to others. If nothing else, if I, if I never mentioned child abuse, if I never mentioned neglect, if I never mentioned all of the men that left their wife and babies and chased a skirt at the office, some younger girl, if I never mentioned all the women that went through the midlife crisis of their own and, and broke their covenant and vows with their husband and the Lord, if I never mentioned any of those, and I just spoke of the blight of abortion in the world. Without natural affection, an animal won't even kill its own child. He said this would be common in the last day. And not only is it okay, we demand the right to exercise our lack of natural affection. Truce-bakers, which means unappeasable, false accusers, slanderous, incontinent. We, We think of that in the sense of, and I'm not trying to be funny, but in a nursing home, as a person gets older and they can't control their bowels or their bladder, what this means is this generation can't control their actions. If they want to do it, they do it, regardless of the cost. No restraint. Don't tell me what I can't do. And there seems to be an inability to control themselves. Fierce, brutal, violent, despisers of those that are good, hatred of the righteous, traitors, betrayers, heady, reckless and rash, high-minded, conceited. And then it says that they are addicted to lust and amusements, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. In this last day, there's a phenomenon now that has not been recorded, to my knowledge, in American history that I know of, I've never heard of medieval or during the period of Rome or the Medes and Persians or during the time of the, Gre- the Greeks where you would have teenagers sitting at home, a 12-year-old, 13, sitting there pouting, saying, I'm bored. Well, I'll give you something to do. No, there, there's, there is a gravitational pull and a deification of amusement and it's a twin brother to lust which means entertain me make me feel good occupy me now you can get mad at me if you want to but i'm responsible for telling you the truth and i love mixing the truth with cutting up but your pastor physically trembles at the idea of standing before god one day of uh, the things that i've shared with you and the things that i've withheld okay i have a smartphone I have one, but something, something is wrong when it's the first thing you look at when you wake up, when you come to a red light and can't just look ahead and think, it is It is the desire to be entertained, amused, inspired. Uh, I can't just sit with my thoughts. I can't just sit in silence. I can't just uh, be by myself. And it doesn't mean that every time you use your phone it's evil. I'm trying to get you to see the pattern. Amuse me. Stimuli. Keep it coming. Direct TV, 178 channels. Dish, 300 channels. You know what's the difference between Dish, Direct TV, cable, and your rabbit ears? It just takes longer on the first three to find out ain't nothing on. It just takes longer. Why the inundation of amusement? Why can our children command that we take command? That we take them somewhere six days a week. How can a, why is it a man cannot be happy to come home and be with his wife and children? Why And God wants us to have pleasures. But it said lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. They're addicted to entertainment. And there's a line and then it carries over into lust. But it's the same spirit that says, I'll do what I want to do. And you better keep me occupied. The husband may not say it, the wife may not say it, but you don't keep me satisfied, I'm going somewhere else. It's the spirit of this last age. We as believers and I enjoy pleasures. But I have to watch myself and make sure that the spirit of this age is not pushing like a pressure cooker that idea that God ought to keep me satisfied. Because the flesh is never satisfied, you need to write that down. It's never satisfied. It says that they are addict. uh, They believe and propagate a false gospel, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. These are religions of external imitation, not divine transformation. Having a form of godliness, this is the majority of. Christianity today and a majority of religion that speaks about morality. Let's feed the poor, let's clothe the naked, let's give out water bottles on the corner of the street. None of those things are wrong, but it is not the gospel. It is not the gospel. Instead of serving the Jesus that the Bible gives us, we create a Jesus of our own making who is powerless to judge. When Moses went up into the mountain and got the Ten Commandments, they didn't know where he was or why he was taking so long. And they got all of their earrings together, their gold. They melted it down and they made this golden calf. They took off all of their clothes and began to dance naked in front of the calf. And they said, these be the gods that brought us up out of Egypt. What kind of God did they make? A blind God, a deaf God, And a God they controlled. When God put his presence in the mercy seat, he said, this is how you carry me. Only Levites carry me a specific people, a specific way, because I'm the Lord. And when they went to study it one time, and Perez, as I believe, touched it, he died. God said, you don't handle me like that. But religion today has created a Christianity that you don't have to be transformed You don't have to repent. You don't have to come under authority. You just shape Jesus into what you like and it's your truth. It's your truth. Oprah says, your truth. There's No such thing as your truth. There's the truth. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. What does that mean? Denying the origin of Jesus Christ as the source of salvation, the indwelt Holy Spirit and the... re a generation of a man's soul by the Holy Spirit not this last day religion where all paths lead to God Uh, if you believe in Allah or you're Buddhist or Islamist or Reverend Moon or the Watchtower or Mormon we're all brothers and sisters no we're not no we're not no we're not because the Bible tells us in this last day that there will be some that, that they're, they have a religion of external imitation, but not an inward transformation by the Holy Spirit. It says they creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lust. All that means is that these teachers come in and lead according to lust. What do you want to do? I want another husband. You can do that, God understands. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? It it takes, the, the by silliness, it means immaturity. As long as I get to do my lust, can I still party? Absolutely. God understands. Jesus turned water into wine. I just want to scream sometimes, answer the phone. When Jesus turned water into wine, wouldn't you think that the Christ... The incarnate living word of God would not contradict the written word of God, which tells you don't even look at wine when it's red in the glass. Jesus didn't make Mad Dog 2020 at the wedding. That was a joke. And we fashion and we shape it according to your lust. You want to leave your spouse and marry another? Go ahead, God understands You want to satisfy your same-sex attraction? Go ahead. As a matter of fact, we Christians representing Jesus Christ will come to your wedding and celebrate because God does not exist the way He said He does. We have fashioned Him into our likeness and He is blind, deaf, and mute. And He doesn't speak for Himself. We speak for Him. That's the last days we live in. This is good. It's hard, but it's good. They are intelligent, but spiritually ignorant. Ever learning, unable to come to the knowledge of the truth. They offer alternatives to God's word and God's power. Even as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. These were the Egyptian magicians that would throw their sticks down and it would become snakes. And they would turn the water into blood just like Moses did. They show power. But in the last day, God separates his ministers from those ministers by judgment he doesn't silence them he doesn't take the power from them he doesn't take the demonic influence and anointing from them but there's hints of judgment and then there's the final judgment I kind of liked it when uh, uh, they threw their sticks down and it becomes snakes Moses threw his staff down and his snake ate their snake just that ought to tell you something Spiritual imposters, men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith. Not everyone that calls himself a Christian is a Christian. And not everyone that presents himself on Christian television as a minister is a minister. The Bible tells you that in the last day, even Satan can transform himself into a minister of light. The Antichrist will speak like a lamb, but will be a dragon inside I pray over this church all the time, and I pray this morning for a spirit of discernment. Let them call you narrow. Let them call you judgmental. But you are led by the Spirit of God. Those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And if it don't sound right or feel right to you, even if you don't have chapter and verse, from such turn away. I don't care if every other Christian says it's wonderful. Even as a new believer, in 1986, I remember walking into a church of 5,000 people. A friend of mine asked me to go, and it was in Atlanta, and the Lord's here, and the Lord's moving, and I walked in. Y'all know when your nowhere, just goes, ah, and then mine's going off, and ain't nobody else is going off. So, odds are, if you just do math, I'm the wrong one. So, I sit there a minute, and nobody's saying nothing. I'm like, ah. And this guy gets on stage and mine comes off the charge. And the Bible says in this way, you don't need that man should teach you because you'll have an unction from the Holy One. And he got up and he was talking about the rapture of the church. He said, now much of the church is misled. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, the word rapture is not in the church. No, but the Greek word catching away is from which we get our word rapture. And he said, rapture just means... The excited feeling that a believer experiences in a church service. And I said, personal foul. Number 15, and I got up and I walked out. What about your friends? They knew where the car was. I walked all the way out to the car. And some would say, well, that's just, that's arrogant. No, my spirit was greed. I can make up with you Later. You have to be true to your spirit, and God's given you this unction. And if it don't feel right, if it doesn't sound right, and if it contradicts anything in the Word of God, shut your Bible, shut your spirit, walk out and wash your hands of it, including this pastor. His Word is truth. His Word is truth. And God's Spirit will keep us, and it will convict us. One of the surefire ways to make sure you're not deceived its whichever way the crowd's going, in the world and in the church, go the other way. That's a home run. I'm telling you, whichever way the crowd is going, go the other way. Because narrow is the way that leadeth unto life and few find it. But broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there go in there out. And one of the signs of this age is that the the professing believer has no discernment because their heart is dark, and if your eye be dark, how great is that darkness? Society will spiral downward, it says evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, and deception will increase unabated, both deceiving and being deceived. Now, that's the major part of it, but I said all of that to tell you this. So so okay, Pastor John. You know, a, a blind man with a one-eyed C and I dog can tell the world is in trouble. You're exactly right. That's pretty funny, isn't it? A blind man with a one-eyed CNI dog. Anyway. You know I saw a man with a CNI dog one time in Kroger? A little bit he had a little bitty one and he just he picked him up by the leash and just swung him around like three or four times. I was What are you doing? He goes, I'm just looking around. But, uh,
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
1: Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I just, I needed to lighten it. It was just, y'all, my last two things I said, y'all just went. So are we in agreement that these words, not that last joke, but these words accurately, specifically, and without fail, describe mankind. Okay, having said that, I want you to look real, this will be very short, but you've got to focus. The origin, the power, and the end game. What is God saying to us? He's not just saying, look at the world. It's not just look at the world. The Bible says that in the last days, perilous times will come. That word perilous in the Greek is only used two times in the Greek. And if you're taking notes, the other time is in uh, Matthew and Mark of the story of the Gadarene demoniac. So if you're taking notes, you can write down Mark 5. As a matter of fact, turn there with me. Mark 5. And in uh, I forgot the chapter in Matthew. I'm sorry. I think it's um, eight or eighteen. I don't know. But it says that the gathering demoniac housed five thousand demons at least, being legion five to six thousand demons, and he was fierce, exceedingly fierce. If God is going to use a word to describe the last day, and the only other time that word is used is in the story of a man that houses five to six thousand demons, he's trying to draw a correlation for us to see that what happened in the story of the gathering demoniac is happening and should happen in the world and in our lives of believers. This demon was this man was exceedingly fierce. Mark five. It said that he had his dwelling among the tombs. People today are living and gravitating towards things that are dead darkness, death, decay. It said in verse 3b that no man could bind or tame him, which means that man is powerless to help this generation. No psychology or pseudo-psychology can help a depraved person who walks in darkness. It might can uh, touch the pain, but never bring a cure. These people are demonically energized and strengthened. It said that this Gadarene demoniac, that even when people bound him in chains, he would break them. No matter what we do to try to help these people, uh, the, the, the strength, the demonic influence in this age is so fierce that it breaks every form of structure, every form of authority. It is demonically energized. And these people in this age are tortured. Day and night you can hear him screaming and crying. And those of us that are middle-aged and older, I want to tell you about this generation of partiers. And we've, most of us have done it. I'm guilty of anything in this part that I'm telling you about them. But have you ever thought of the correlation that they stay up till 2 and 3 and 4 at night trying to drink and take in drugs? They're crying all night long. Their soul is crying into the night. All, they're tortured on the inside. They live, they say, for the weekend, which means the other six days of my life aren't worthy to even live. It sounds like this guy. Nakedness. Don't blush at anything. Doesn't blush at their lewdness, the crassness, uh, how they dress, how they carry themselves. Uh, How they march in the streets. When you see a man and a man kissing in the street, marching, flaunting. Their nakedness and they, they cry. Their cry goes out in the night, the Bible said, all during the night. And I found this to jump off the page at me. It said, and this man was cutting himself with stones. It wasn't until about 20 years ago. And I'm asking you, I'm not just, this is my remembrance. Did you, anybody 50 and under, do you ever remember anyone in school cutting themselves? No. But in the last days, the Bible said in the last days, the same word for fierce, perilous, fierce, perilous, these demons will bring to the surface self-destruction. Self-mutilation, self-abasement. It's it's a phenomenon that just happened again. It's not been recorded that I'm aware of in history up until now. And in the same way, the man would take broken pottery and just cut himself. Why? These people will tell you, it just takes the pressure off. It It makes me feel good. See, that's demonic activity in the person. Any form of self-destruction is demonic. Here's what Hollywood does. Hollywood diverts you and gives you a reality that's not real so, you won't miss the true, that, so that you will miss the true reality. It says demon possession means you levitate off a of bed, your head spins around, and you do projectile green vomit. That's demon, demonic. The Bible tells you That the activity of Satan and the activity of demons is stealing, killing, and destroying of life. If it steals the youth of a person. If it steals the home of a person. If it steals the health of the person. If it kills their physical body. If it kills their emotional makeup. If it kills their spirit. If it kills their hopes, their dreams. If it destroys the image of God in them, if it destroys the plans of God for them, that's demonic activity. It's not that the devil can't make somebody wreathe on the floor like a snake. I've seen that. But it's more likely to be seen in the man that abuses and neglects his children. Anywhere you see death and destruction and self-destruction, the world has watched destruction for thousands of years, but self-destruction and self-mutilation that is put on television and imitated by thousands of kids that are wondering, looking for who they are in truth because their parents don't know it. That's the last days. But this is where it turns. And this is where I hope you find great hope this morning. But this world, every single person, is within God's reach. Jesus called him and said, Come here, what's your name? And they said, the demon spoke, said, We are legion, for there are many of us. And legion in that day and time meant five to 6,000. So five to 6,000 demons were inside of this man. And Jesus said, Come out of them. He said, uh, Would you please not send us to the abyss right now? Uh, would you just send us into these pigs over here? Would you mind? He said, Get out. And they, the demons left this man went into a herd of swine, and they all ran headlong and jumped off a cliff. Stay with me. When the townspeople saw what happened, instead of being happy for the man who lived naked, he come into town, he has open slices all over his body. They find him sitting, clothed, and in his right mind. And instead of being happy for this, They begged Jesus to depart from their coasts. Why? Watch, watch. Signs of the time. Because we were raising those pigs. And your lordship cost us money. Your lordship challenged my lifestyle. And we would rather have our demons than the liberty you bring. That's this day and age in which we live. So what, what are you saying, Pastor John? I said all that to tell you this. This sign is not so that we can say we are in the last days alone. I'm going to give you the end game. The end game is to make believers powerless, fearful, fearful. And worn down enough that they'll be carried into the graveyard of unbelief, bondage, and powerlessness. Because iniquity abounds, the love of many will grow cold. People will shipwreck their faith. There will be a great falling away. That word of, of, of fierce also means this. Lowering down into a void, to let down, to strike, to reduce the strength of dangerous, furious, and fierce. Ben, if you would come, please. Once again, I want to make sure that I'm clear. God did not give us the list so that we can say, see there, look at how the world is. He's letting you know that in the last days, this is the tactic, the strategy, and the ploy of the enemy to keep the pressure on so relentlessly. In, see how many we listed here? So many avenues of, of impulse. So many avenues of opposition. So many avenues uh, of, of, resist, of, of the, the, the current of this world. The Bible speaks of that in the tribulation that Satan will be known for the wearing down of the saints. It's to recognize this so that we will take the appropriate actions necessary to make sure that we are rooted and grounded in the Lord Jesus Christ and in His Word. That we're strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, fully clothed in the armor. That we know His Word. We wield His Word. The only weapon you have in this world is the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit that's the Word of God. And taking the shield of faith wherewith you are able to quench all, not some, all of the fiery darts of the enemy, the world isn't going to make it. You're not going to make it. It's all spiraling down and that shield, it sticks in and that flaming arrow expires and I said. God will finish the work in me. I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. It's for us to be sober. It's for us to understand that this demon power is trying to wear us out and wear us down. And this is where we live. Can't watch nothing. Can't go nowhere. How many of y'all, you walk out of 80% of the movies you try to go see... You turn on the radio, you've got to turn it off. You start to watch a television show. You watch three episodes. I really like that. Then you have to turn it off. It's this constant pressure. And let me tell you about pressure. Pressure will bust pipes. And we've got to be aware of the strategy of the enemy. They're already lost. He's not trying to destroy them. He's just trying to destroy us by the hopelessness that we see. And the darkness that we see. And the seemingly inactivity and the losing ground of God seemingly. But we know better. So this is what I want to share with you. I've said all that to tell you this this morning. The believers of the last day, we know the person and the power of the indwelling Christ. We know how to navigate global darkness because God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We know whose we are. We know who we are. And we know where we are in the timetable of human history. We know that the weapons of our warfare are not earthly. My wife talked about this a couple of Sundays ago. But they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And we have the ability and the capacity to take into captivity every thought that contradicts the knowledge of God. We know that this world is not our home and that our citizenship is in heaven from which also we look for the Lord Jesus Christ who shall change our vile body that it might be fashioned like unto his glorious body. We know that the same God that saved me has the power to keep me and nothing, no devil, no world, no destruction, no depravity can touch what God put under my fifth rib. I am secure, hid in Christ with God. And God wants us to be equally as clear on what he's done as what the devil's done. Well, then why would he list all that in detail? He told us this thousands of years in advance. That's why I included it in this series. He said, this is what's going to happen, but you're good. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the that demon that's screaming at you at work that demon that's screaming at you in your bedroom, in your home that demon that's screaming hopes that you will just keep looking at the world and is scared to death that you will drop to your knees and lift up your eyes unto the hills from which cometh your help because that demon with his man that breaks chains and the foaming of the mouth and the nakedness and the cutting of his body If you just say the name of Jesus, his knees, the Greek says, come out of joint. It would be the demon like, what did you say? I said, Jesus. And I'm not just saying it. He lives in me. So what it is, is the devil has this reality, but it's a smoke screen to the believer. Are you scared? Are you scared? Do you see what I can do? Why would he record the story of legion Sitting, clothed, and in his right mind. Because no demon or demonic display in the world is any match for the person, the presence, and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that power is in you, the hope of glory. Would you stand with me this morning? Next week, if the Lord tarries, we're going to talk about the days of Noah and the days of Lot. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah and the days of Lot, so shall it also be in the days of the, uh, the end times. Finally this morning, i talking about the believers of the last day. We know that nothing can separate us from God's love. Not death, not life, not angels, not principalities, powers, things present, things to come, no height, no depth, no creature, no demon, no hell, no devil, no legion. You can't separate me from God. And God ain't scared of you. And this history that's coming upon the world, He said, it's going to happen just like this. That's the point of this message, is so that there's no fear. We said, Well, John, can't you see? Can't you see what the world is becoming? Can't you see that God is so powerful He told you everything about it before it happened? I want us to see that more clearly. Clearly, So the believer in the last day I speak for us and over us. We are not afraid. You didn't hear me. I said the last day believer is not afraid. We're not afraid to stand up stand out or stand against the evil of this world in any form. We're not afraid to judge. To judge ourselves This world, those that minister to us, the fruit and words of those that preach and teach the Word of God. We are not afraid of yesterday. We are not afraid of today. And we most assuredly are not afraid of tomorrow. We're not afraid of the devil's threats, the world's hatred, the vortex of evil that threatens to swallow the whole world because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We're not afraid of loss because we've already counted all things but loss but for the excellency of knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. We are not afraid of lack because we do not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We're not afraid of demonic wrath because these same demons that threaten my extinction tremble at the mention of my savior's name we are not afraid of where our world is headed because god has already told us history in advance it is heading into great tribulation then it's headed into a thousand years of peace under the millennial rule of the lord jesus christ then it will be destroyed by fire and god will create a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness and we will rule and reign with him forever and ever and ever and ever. So all that we see around us is proof positive that God knows what will happen before it happens and things will unfold just as He promised. With every knee bowing and every tongue confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. How you feel now? Get everything in the house. Get everything in the house. Kelly, help me keep everything in the house. Everything in the house. With the blood on the doorpost. The blood of Jesus. And shut your door. All hell is going to break loose. All hell can break loose. Whether we experience part of the tribulation, we experience part of the middle, part of the... Whatever. If we shut that door the time of God's wrath he said when I see the blood I will pass over you I'll leave you with this final thought here's this man the Gadarene demoniac the closest thing to antichrist in the sense of consummation of evil he wasn't a leader but so demon possessed that he could snap chains and he was just supernaturally controlled by evil okay Jesus said, what's your name? The demon said, legion, for we are many. Come out of the man. Yes, sir. They left. We are scared. I don't know why, but we're scared of demon-possessed people. And have never thought that demons are scared of God-possessed people. If one man can house... 5,000 demons in the labyrinth of his soul. How much of the Holy Spirit can you hold? Be filled with the Spirit and make hell nervous. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless you. Oh, one more thing, guys. Please join us tonight. One hour Bible study, 6 to 7, prayer at 5 here in the sanctuary tonight.